Hi, this is Mike, co-host of Realistic Sustainability, the podcast, which you probably already know, but I'm also the author of A Beginner's Guide to Greening Your Life. That was the book that led to our Facebook page, our Facebook group, and, well, even this show. It offers tips on promoting your positive footprint while decreasing your carbon footprint. So, if you want to read what started all of this, get A Beginner's Guide to Greening Your Life, available on Amazon, eBay, Etsy, or just visit greeningyourlife.org for more information. Thank you for joining the sustainable movement and promoting a greener future. Hi, and welcome back to Realistic Sustainability. I'm Mike, and I'm here with Nick. We meet again, old me. I thought you were going to pick on me because I'm pretty sure my voice just cracked when I said Nick. Listen, we all go through the changes of life at our own time, and <laughs> nature's magical like that. And you, I just hope that you have someone like I did that'll help guide you. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, that's not better. Okay. Anyways, how are you today? I'm good. I'm really good. How are you? I'm good. I'm. I'm kind of torn on something. I really enjoy, as you know, rocket launches and space exploration. Having a website of my own, LiveLaunch.org. But all of a sudden, billionaires are throwing themselves into space like daily. Yeah. And there's a lot of sustainability discussions about, you know, financial sustainability and how people, you know, if you're capable of buying yourself a trip to space, you should be being more sustainable in your business. You should be giving better wages to employees. So here I am in, in the middle of that argument going, but I, but I like space. I like that technology. That's a hard conversation to have, and I don't think it's best suited here. It's not best suited here. Well, not. I mean, we could talk about the the misuse of funding or the 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 waste of resources to I don't know shoot a rocket into space shaped like mental genitalia because you want to. That's great, <laughs> but it's more it's it's more so the the paying their their employees wages thing. It's not that I don't think people deserve more money. I do, but I think that there's a big misconception over billionaires actually get their money from a lot of billionaires not all of them but a lot of ones that are ceos of companies generally their their net worth is based on how much stock they have and what the company's trading at the company's not the company's trade value is not in any way related to what the what the employees get paid so they're two very separate and different things do i think that these companies can afford to pay their there are people more yes anyways this week i didn't have a whole lot to talk about but that was just something that was kind of weighing on my mind i really enjoy all this space stuff and it just it was taking a beating today today every time i looked at it so this has no parlay into what we're talking about this week because we're talking about landfills and how they actually work oh okay then well I think we can uh, we can chew this out. It sounds like a good idea. Did you know that there's like different kinds of basic? Well, when when I, I I've always called everything a landfill, but there's dumps and landfills, and they're two different things. Uh yeah, I don't doubt it. I assume a dump is exactly what it sounds like. A <laughs> landfill. So here is what I completely ignorant jumping in the water on this uneducated. To me, a landfill seems like composting on a very large scale. They're moving earth around. They're putting the things that can go on the ground in the ground, the things that can be burned or recycled, they're being taken care of. But you see all these these vent pockets with these pipes coming out that are, I'm assuming, venting it, releasing gases that are created. I can only assume that also produces an immense amount of heat. So like, I think it's the same basic premise as composting, minus the fact that no one's coming and getting it for soil. 
So the older version is the dump, okay? And what that is is an open hole in the ground where trash is buried. So they put a layer, then they put a little dirt. Then they put a layer and they put a little bit of dirt. We're all where it's kind of picked apart by animals, you know, the seagulls, the rats, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It is it is the old mess that we grew up with in a, in our in Montrose that you could smell in the spring. Yeah. Where it's kind of exposed. Then there's landfills. Now they have multiple classes of landfills, but the more I read about them, I kind of feel like it's just lipstick on a pig they just add a few more safety precautions and go better still garbage in the ground but landfill is is usually a structure where they pack clay first lay down like a membrane yeah and then they put their garbage on there that that is the plastics and the glass and the papers Mm -hmm. things that and if they burned a lot then of course the ash yeah and the clay i assume is to provide a barrier to stop it from seeping into possible drinking water yeah that's the the they're very proud of the the layer of clay and the thickness of the layer of clay and that is what it's for matter of fact there's actually drainage underneath Mm -hmm. uh those units because as it rains of course it's filtering its way through the garbage and it creates this um it's a it's like a leachate it's like the word leach and ate as if you ate a leach leachate uh, liquid but okay that falls down into this pipe system that has to go to a water treatment plant so that it doesn't keep the moisture down below oh. so there's there's really those two main now there's also green landfills which are extremely rare then there's full t- recycling plants or treatment plants we're talking about landfills and okay dumps. basically the goal of any landfill is to take what we've wasted and hide it from us. I think you've brought this up in past episodes that the whole purpose of this process is to take things that we're just trying to throw quote unquote away and make them evaporate or disappear. Same concept as shoving your stuff in your closet when you're a little kid and you're told to clean your room, except now we have a community ran service that does it for us. Yeah, they come and pick it up. Now, very rarely do we ever talk about any of the embodied energy that goes into any of this stuff, but The biggest thing is it is really designed to hide society's mess from society. Mm -hmm. And it it makes a killing doing that. It is the business of hiding our mistakes. Yeah, it's also, I think, one of the biggest sources of income the state of Michigan has. Unless things have changed. You know what, the the incoming trash from Canada? I am. Yeah, I, I believe we still have the contract. We import a lot of garbage into the state mm-hmm. um, so that it can go through the same process. I will tell you that some of the stuff that I saw was a little surprising. I was surprised that some of these facilities don't burn everything, but most do. Um, so when I when I look to see what goes into a landfill, the list is basically anything that is recyclable. Yeah, <laughs> it is. All your plastics, papers, glass, food, all of that food waste. If nature will break it down. Yeah. It, it, but instead of composting it or anything else, we're just throwing it in this hole and we're sealing it up so that it won't necessarily break down very quickly. And some of the stuff we, we, we use, I mean, food waste. Why do you think my garden runs so well? It's because I put so much food waste back into my soil. It's got all that organics to it. There's full industries out there who just turn food waste over into soil and resell it. Mm-hmm. But 
all of this goes into the trash. Glass is like almost 100% recyclable. They don't pull it out. Most of the time, it just goes into the ground over there. And it, it's funny because it lists a section after all these recyclable items, and it's there's a section that says other recyclables. In other words, we don't recycle anything. Well, I had made the comment when we first started doing this podcast together about like a lot of times when you, you recycling guy comes, he just goes to the landfill anyways. And someone had heard me say it on here and they, they caught me off guard and they started chewing me out. Well, no, when I, when I do my recycling, it goes to a recycling plant. And I was like, we live in Montrose. Where's the closest recycling plant? Well, I don't know. Okay. So I wanted to know. Because well, you can ask, what, what truck picks it up? Is it waste management? Because if it's waste management, they don't have a full recycling facility. No, it goes to the giant, humongous hill that they've built on 57. Right. And it's not that it's not that we want someone to stop recycling, because it really is practice. Because at some point, we have no choice but to recycle. But we don't recycle near what people think we do. Matter of fact, I have some stats on that. Between nine and twelve percent of your plastics get recycled. So when they you put all you wash them out and you put them in there, just a tiny fraction of those are going mm-hmm. to be recycled. And it's based on need. But there was other surprising things because recyclables like metals, which you've you've recycled metals every time you can find them. Iron, steel, aluminum only gets recycled at about forty-seven percent. Well, it used to be that, and we're talking a long time ago, that other countries would buy our scrap metal and for their, their industrial needs. Well, since that's slowed down, scrap prices have plummeted. So now it's when you do scrap, you get almost nothing for it. And when they buy metal, they only use the best stuff they take in. So, yeah, I used to, you're not wrong. I used to do a lot of scrapping. So did you. I did too. Yeah, you're right. And it was it was amazing to see, especially something like aluminum. Aluminum is a, a material that can be recycled over and over and over again with little to no loss mm-hmm. and be used over and over and over again. But to only recycle it at 47%, which means we have to make more out of bauxite over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. That is disheartening at best. Other things they had there, glass, like I said, is almost fully recyclable, 33% recycled. Well, yeah, because you could just, can't you just uh, reheat it and reform it? Mm-hmm. But it's in landfills all across the, all over the world right now. Uh, paper, because not mm-hmm. all paper is recyclable. As you know, if it's got food waste on the, on the paper or cardboard, it can't be recycled. Certain bleaches on paper prevent it from being recycled. So very little of our paper is still recycled now at the 65 percent recycled now granted the rest of it can it can be composted if it gets air if it's packed in there it's still going to be you're going to be able to read that 100 years later that's disgusting but you're right (laughs) and the two largest recycled items i found was lead and magnesium yay that's what they make weapons out of (laughs) that's uh, and then it just had a section of less than the rest of it was all less than like 10%. There was a list of things that can't go there. And they really? were uh, liquid waste, like paints and chemicals. Yeah. Anything from like a big like batteries, rubber from tires because they're treated and full of steel chemicals, any kind of ke- cleaning, even cleaning chemicals, um, bleach. No, no. Anything that can run off into the water and create something dangerous. Right. So untreated medical waste was on that list. Makes me think of like organs, but 
No, untreated, <laughs> untreated medical waste is going to be um, usually when it's like if people are in bed and uh, they they poop themselves, gets all over like the plat like the plastic lining or the the sheets and stuff. When you have certain diseases like like C diff or a norovirus, standard and like uh, antibodies or standard like anti germicidal cleaners don't do anything. Bleach won't kill norovirus. You don't want to put that stuff in a landfill where it can get to water. If it gets to water, you're in trouble. Gotcha. Well, I did not know that. Thank you. Also, CRT screens and different tube televisions. I'm not sure how much we have to worry about tube TVs anymore, but they're not allowed in landfills. You wait till you start the gaming thing. You'll find out. (laughs) And then mercury. Obviously, they don't want mercury. But you know what? If you have CFL bulbs in the trash, you're releasing mercury on a regular basis. So it has mercury Mm -hmm. vapor within it. Yes, it does. So those were the items that it told me it was forbidden to allow into standard landfills. Now, I watched a lovely video from a from a company that I'm not going to name. That It was almost like a large Mentos commercial, very upbeat, very happy about the, their landfill process. Okay. And, th- and the things that were toted uh, from a sustainability eye uh, makes you a little shaky. Yes, they're super happy about the thickness of the clay. Which, you know what? The thicker, the better. I'm happy. A little bummed that there's a hole in the ground with the stuff in it. But you know what? At least you're taking the steps. Then they lay down this, like, membrane that helps reduce anything passing through also. It's a garbage liner. Got a trash bag. We got you. Yes. And they're very excited to talk about how they reduce the amount of space by burning most burnable items. Through the air. That sounds good. <laughs> but not organic waste like food. Because so they put that in there and then they put another layer over the top and compress it. I don't understand why they hate on food. Why do they burn food? Nope, they don't burn the food. They just add it in there because it's it's a compostable, except for they're compressing it down and taking all the air out. That's what all the vents are for? Well, nope, the vents are coming. So as they continue to do layer of layer of layer, what happens is is they start getting methane because as the yeah. water drips through, you get this methane buildup. And that's and what the, I thought. Yep. And this company was very excited about, we burn that methane. So they're not capturing it to reuse. They're not using it for their own energy consumption. They're just making very big candles. So you're talking about waste management. I'm talking about a facility in the area. So. <laughs> okay. We'll leave and it at that. They just have basically torches running from Mm -hmm. all the methane exposure coming out of there. Remember, we talked recently during the Future Grid episode about how methane and natural gases are a problem because they can leach and they can, if they get out there, it's a much higher greenhouse gas capture than burning it. Well, Mm -hmm. they're very excited to be burning it, but they're burning it without a purpose. They could be capturing that and using it to heat their own buildings. They could be using that to run the stoves they could be using that to run a lot of things but here they are this asset they're just burning it creating more emissions which we know that the pile is emitting some of it up also well that's you just being logical mike why are you trying to be logical and people are just stupid well and i i know we have to have a place until we change how we do things and we change the culture and i know other countries are listening and if you're better at it tell us how but until we do that 
there's got we got to be able to be smart with the assets that they have. They're literally just burning everything they can, creating more emissions. Uh, so the countries can go, oh yeah, it's really easy. Produce less, waste less, and you're gonna well, go, oh yeah. Well, and I know in some areas in Europe, you get one trash bag every week. You get one trash bag. You exceed that trash bag, you pay. And how many trash cans do we put out on a regular basis? I've gotten better. I have four. You have four. How many many people in the household? Five. Okay. Us five here. If I am bricking my plastic religiously, which I have not been the last two weeks, if I am burning my own papers so I can use my own ash, and yes, I know it creates emissions, but if they're going to burn it, I might as well get the benefit of the ash to lay in my gardens. If I do those two things, we put out one can, and it's not always full every week. All right, I don't put out four every week. We have four. One is a recycling bag or can, and they're the really big, um, big waste management cans. I mean, I could fit in one, and you could shut the lid. They're they're not small. Normally, on average, we have two that are packed full. And then one that's partial, but it also depends on what we're doing. If I start going through and cleaning out things, throwing things away that I've held on to a little too long, we tend to, to do more. We fill more. Yeah, I've been, I've, I've been surprised that if I take the food waste, and, I, and by the way, I use less food waste in the summer than I do in the fall, in the spring, and in the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't put food waste in my garden space while it's growing because it draws animals. And I don't want them coming and eating my lettuce and everything else because they smell the banana peel. So I don't actually compost and I don't actually use that stuff in the summer. I just use it the other three seasons in preparation for my next summer. But my coffee grounds, any organic waste from salads, stuff like that gets always thrown out. Fruits, banana peels are great in tomato gardens. Yep. It is... I use that on a regular basis. So when I get rid of all those things, we really don't have a bunch because that's something a lot of people forget when we throw it out. We're not just losing whatever materials there. We're not just throwing something quota, quota away to be stuck in the ground, but it takes a truck. It takes emissions. It takes driving. It takes people. It takes energy. It takes a, a bunch of embodied energy to throw away the embodied energy that was in that product. You're right. And so, keep in mind, for, for my household, we don't, we're not throwing away food. I mean, our, our waste goes to the turtles or the chickens or like it, it's used. It's used up. I mean, when it becomes waste, it's, you know, out of the butt of something else. But we go through a lot of others, a lot of plastics, a lot of cardboard, a lot of paper products in this house. Well, and you don't usually run large gardens, so you're probably not looking at the ash as a, a an attribute or something that you can use a, it is for me i use it as a nutrient and okay. now now i can take some uptown to where those gardens are because where we planted a lot of the city stuff it's really just dirt so anything i can add there is a benefit uh jameson has been planing all that wood she got she got a huge stack of oak and she's been planting mm-hmm. it down making nice planks out of it and she had bags of sawdust and it's not even sawdust it's just these little curls from her planer and she, I've been using it to start the fires, something that's easy. You know, it starts a fire. As the fire starts to go out, you can throw a little more on there. She used it as as mulch today. She's now putting it in the gardens, and it looks really good. Might as well. That's all mulch is, is chipped wood. Yeah, she's taking taking all these little shavings and packing it in there two, three, four inches deep. 
You got that much of it. Why not? Well, she's proudly saying she saved 286 oak boards from being burned or gotten rid of. So she's planning, planing down 286 double thick, two inch thick boards. With the cost of lumber, that's a retirement fund. <laughs> She'll build stuff. You know, my wife, she's more talented than I am. She's capable of probably building us a tiny house out of that. Yeah, probably. But it doesn't go to the landfill. And when we take out the trash can, we have four or five cans, but we don't, we're only putting a couple of bags in there. And sometimes it's a little bit more because when you buy apple juice in large containers for three children, it's a big open space. I try to use that big container to brick all my plastic into so that at least if it's in there, it's not hollow. Mm -hmm. It becomes a waste of space. But anyways... The more I look at this, it is a cash cow industry so that we can hide what we don't want to see. I agree. It is one of those situations where it's kind of like in the 20s when we started doing social programs. So individuals who were less fortunate at least weren't visible. They got them in buildings and places so that other people who were fortunate didn't have to look at it. That is quite literally what our trash removal system is, and it does save a little disease. Yeah, listen, there's a lot of different problems that can be fixed with the same business model just applied a little differently. People that don't agree with that, you can look at your automotive industry and look at your fast food industry and realize that assembly line is the same. Yeah, and the more I kept playing with this stuff and looking at it, that 40% of food waste, that's all becoming methane. Yeah. Because if they're not going to burn it and they're just going to pack it in there, it's just going to become methane. It's a seven to 10 times greater greenhouse gas than if they would have burned it. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, you have all the embodied energy that goes into burning and packing and moving and transports and squishing and the occasional recycling, or at least shipping some off to be recycled, which is even more embodied energy. So it can go somewhere else to be recycled. But then Mm -hmm. you have that, that, that the leachate that's coming down to the bottom having to go into retention ponds so that it can be treated. That's gross. That is a whole separate piece of that. So now that's got to go through a water treatment process and a whole nother set of embodied energy because we waste so much in the United States. It's almost like we go out of our way to make problems worse. Well, we do it for convenience, though. So... That seems to be the MO in the United States. And hopefully other countries, if you're listening, tell us the things that are better, please. Because as I was researching, there wasn't a lot of things that were better. There's a couple of quote-unquote green landfills, but they just don't take other stuff. What What is a green landfill? Why don't you help us understand that? What I found with the green landfill was is they were supposed to take in everything and then find the best purpose for each. What I found in reality was they only take organics and they move it around, move it around, move it around to compost it. Okay. It just, it just didn't take the plastics. They didn't take the other items like the tires and things that, that can't break down. That doesn't fix the problem. That makes mm-hmm. a very nice, that makes a very nice hole. That's going to be a nice little hill that is really going to have some serious growth and nutrients, but it doesn't fix the problem. Well, the problem is something that's even happening to begin with. That's that's the main problem. We need to find other ways to go around it and stop it from happening. 
Well, and I did, uh, just so everybody else knows, I did see Mercury, CTC, or the, C, the CRT screens, all these things that we said we can't, we can't recycle and we don't treat, we just ship off to other countries. It used to be China, and now we're finding other Asian countries that we can ship these things off to so they can burn it or take care of it in a less than regulated way. What country is it that we like pay them to take our garbage and it's it's a... Uh... It's such a big source of their income, like their nation depends on. It's an Asian country. I just can't think of it. Is it Singapore? It's either Singapore, Thailand, or Philippines. I don't what? I think it could be all three. One of them's ridiculous. Like it's it's insane how much of our garbage they have there. We did that because China quit taking it. As our countries fought more and more over the last five or six years, there's a leverage point. China quit accepting U.S. trash, and we started to have a real problem because we are the largest waste producer on the planet. Yeah, we uh, we like our we like our space. We like our convenience. So you, I, it's not that I don't know. I do know. We do ship out most of the dangerous waste to other countries that may not have the same regulations. So mm-hmm. we are we are really just contributing to those being burnt into our atmosphere. Yep. Just not from our part of the planet. That's all it boils down to. Yeah, it's not better. Now, I did see in checking uh, Sweden, for example, was building waste centers is, is really what, they're, what it translates to is where they take every piece and they do try to find the right use for each and what Mm -hmm. they do and what they do burn they utilize the waste heat within the facilities or surrounding area they they take and try to use as much of the energy as possible in ways that will be helpful for everybody else personally i know this steam is outdated but if they're gonna burn stuff they might as well just burn it under a giant pot of salt water, create some steam energy and pump it into their freaking grid. Excuse my language, but I mean, if they're going to do it, they might as well do it and get some use out of it. Well, and today, today steam energy is not outdated. It is almost every plant that is out there. Even nuclear plants are just really fancy steam engines. So uh, I get what you say. And if you're going to do it, you might as well recover as much as humanly possible. So that's something else they don't have to burn. Yeah, I mean, think. I mean, honestly, think about it. So we burn coal as the primary thing in most energy, like to produce electricity, right? They burn coal, coal plants. Why not just burn garbage? I mean, if they're gonna burn it anyways, why not just burn the garbage instead of burying it? Burn it. Honestly. Well, and you can you can burn that and not coal, and at least you're getting something out of that energy. You're right. You're absolutely correct. It keeps it out. Of, it also keeps it out of the out of the ground, out of the environment, and in well, I mean, not completely out of the environment, but out of the environment in more ways. Um, I understand that would kill the coal industry, but I okay. And I I don't know. I don't know what to say. I haven't really thought this out. I'm just asking right now. Like, why not just burn it? If 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 we're gonna sit there and we're gonna go, well, this is recyclable, but we're just gonna throw it in the ground anyways. Just light it on fire and use the energy. I mean. Energy really can't be destroyed. It just gets moved or dispersed to go somewhere else. So either you're going to burn it or nature is going to break it down. Either way, it's going to turn into energy. It can turn into methane gas and it can kill our our ozone. Or we could just burn it and take the heat and heat a building or turn a a turbine and and create some electricity. Like, let's let's get some stuff done. I, I understand. I absolutely do. 
Did you know that facilities are required to check groundwater in the area for 30 years? I didn't know the number was 30 years, but yeah, I think that actually that stretches into other industries true because the different type of zoning regulations needed for landfills require that. It's the same thing with like, um, like if you're going to, oh, if you're gonna have a scrapyard, your land's got to be zoned a certain way. The otherwise you can't do it because of the, the hazards it creates when you're putting that kind of stuff near the ground. Well, and it, I found it weird because not a lot of that stuff will break down in 30 years. Yeah, but 30 years is a big round official number. <laughs> and then that is, they would say, we monitor our sites for 30 years after use or as as required by regulation. Which really means 30, okay, so 30 years is a big enough number where anyone that would care would be pacified by the number 30 years as long as they didn't look into it. But also, here's the important part, that's on average a third of someone's life. Which means that, like the people that are going to be in office that are sticklers about policy and about making sure things are followed by the book aren't going to be in that same position in thirty years. They're going to move on with their career. So it's, I it's a placebo number, is what it is. Yeah, there's no long term sustainability to any landfills in the United States, as I looked nope. when it comes to groundwater. Oh crap! Make them earthworm farms. Now they'll eat everything. <laughs> Well, and earthworms, you know I'm a fan, so. Your your garden is uh, hulking. It's awesome. That's straight up from the worms. It is. It really is. That's three straight years of tossing in 24 worms into each bed. So, really, what can we do? The real, the real answer is use everything we can use. Reduce how many things leave our house. I'd like, ladies and gentlemen, no matter where you live, how many bags? How many cans? What gets put to your road? How often is your trash picked up? I'd be curious to see. Again, I'm about a two-bag, one-can guy per week. What are you? How much waste are you putting out? And can I challenge you to reduce it? I think if we reduce the amount of waste that gets from our households to those facilities, the better it can be. Is it going to change anything long-term? No. No, that's going to happen with how we vote with our money and we vote with our votes. But we can make them less useful by making sure. And let's be honest, everything you keep is a benefit. So mm -hmm. if you have, if you keep all your food waste and use that on your property, at some point, someone's going to go, my goodness, how do you get your flowers to look like that? How is your garden that big? And it's really simple. I don't throw away my nutrients. You know? <laughs> I uh, I had a really stupid like comedic response pop through my head. Uh, you're like, how are your flowers so big? And my head went, well, set the tank broke, so we just punched a hole in it, let it run into the yard. <laughs> right. Sorry. But really, it is looking at everything before it goes into the black hole of a, of a garbage can and see, is there a use? Now, granted, there are certain things Jamie won't let me keep. Plastics. A lot of those she will not let me keep anymore because I collected way too many. I can still do butter containers, although now that we're buying butter in massive bulk, she's not as happy because I still have all these butter containers. But Okay, we're going to ignore the fact that you called that crap butter that you used to buy, and then now you're actually <laughs> getting butter. It is marketably better. It really it, is. It is someone, so much better. Every time someone calls margarine butter, I just want to slap them really hard we use butter well, now, that's not butter now it looks like we have margarine but i'm just cutting blocks of that butter and putting it back in those containers mm -hmm. but it looks like you have margarine until you taste it 
there are certain things that not everybody can use. And I understand that we still live in a society. And again, realistic sustainability really is about doing the things you can do. But I do challenge you. Let us know. How many bags do you put out? How many trash cans do you put out? Can you change that? What happens if you put maybe two weeks of of effort into it? Can you consolidate it? Will it be less? Will your gardens be nicer if you compost in your gardens? I know that compost stinks. So dig a hole. Dig a hole in the back of the garden, throw it all in there and cover it. By next year, it is, you'll never even know. You'll just dig another hole and do it again. There's ways of doing it so it doesn't bother neighbors. I challenge everybody who's listening to give it a shot. Nick, I challenge you to give it a shot. I will try. Well, I mean, I'll try. I'll, I'll give it a you know honest try, honestly, because that just means we're going to spend less money. I am a big advocate of spending less money. That's the yeah. That's the great thing about sustainability. When you reduce your waste, you reduce your consumption, and you are by default spend less money. Big fan, big fan of and money. Like to have as much as possible. I well, and it's those are the kinds of resources that give you a, a calmer mind and help your life tremendously. So I absolutely understand that. Anyways, that's all we have for this week. If you like this episode, share it with a friend or on social media. And please, if you're willing to take up that challenge and see if you can do a little better, post it on the Facebook. You can send us messages, post it on the Facebook, join the group and and post on the group. I don't care which one. I just want to see it, especially if you're outside the United States. I find all of that fascinating. I don't get to travel to enough countries to see a lot of fun stuff. So really, when, when we ask these, if you get an opportunity, post it. I'd love to see it. If you don't want to make it public, send it to us direct, either through the email, the website, or Facebook. If you want to help or support the the podcast in other ways, you can become a monthly subscriber on the Anchor hosting site for as little as 99 cents a month, or simply just leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform. Those help tremendously. It helps people find us. So thank you all for listening. And remember, we only have to get a little better each day. Little bit, little bit. Someday it'll be a big bit. Thanks for listening. I'm Mike. Yeah, I'm Nick. And we'll see you next week. Feeling overwhelmed by climate change? Looking for sustainable and ethical brands to support? That Ethic is perfect for you. Ethic is a simple browser extension that helps you find sustainable and ethical brands online. Learn more at ethic.org. E-T-H-Y-K.org.